Hello, everybody, and welcome. Today, we are talking about self-love, why self-love is so difficult a lot of the time, why it's easier for some people and more difficult for others, and how we can all make self-love easier for ourselves, how we can find stepping stones or entry points into self-love, because it is so important to, to love ourselves in a world that can sometimes be really difficult. Developing that inner power of self-love. I think as, as we grow older, the more life we live, the more we realize this is really, really, really a fundamental thing. I want to start by sharing a story of a love story, an extraordinary love story between me and a cat named George. George was my family's cat when I was a in my childhood and youth. And um, I remember particularly between the age of 14 and probably 17, George was a significant, um, a significant person in my life. I'm going to go ahead and call George a person while I tell this story. Um, and she, she, George was a she, and she was significant because, um, we had a pretty close connection. George would sleep in my bed a lot of nights, and I, I felt a sense of acceptance from George that was absolutely unique. When I look back at it, I feel like George had such a simple, unconditional openness to me. And, and like I could have come home at the end of the day one day and not had a face, and George wouldn't have noticed or cared. George wouldn't have noticed or cared if I had come back after making a complete fool of myself and failing at something I'd really wanted to achieve. George wouldn't have cared if I succeeded at something. George wouldn't have cared about any of that stuff. If I walked into my bedroom, she would have noticed that it was me. And just by virtue of that alone, the scent that I had, maybe the energy that she felt from me, there would just be this calm glance. She might yawn, a cat yawn, and stretch her paws out and kind of non-verbally beckon me over, kind of non-verbally saying, what are you waiting for? Come over here. I want to hang out. And, and experiencing that kind of um, close connection that was unconditional and so pure and wholesome. Um, that was a real gift that George gave me. And because it was a relationship with a cat, some people might see it as trivial or incidental. But I don't, I personally don't feel that at all. I feel like George gave me an extraordinarily profound gift, both by being someone, being a creature, a being who was there to accept me at a time in my life when I probably didn't accept myself very much. I was a teenager. I was playing with a lot of different masks and protecting myself and trying on different personas and personalities to fit in or figure out who I was. But there was this one person who was consistently at the center of my life that didn't care about any of that. So that was a real gift. And then George is no longer with us, but 
she gave me something that I get to carry with me for the rest of my life, which is the experience of being accepted in such a simple way, of being seen with such openness. And now that I've received that, I carry it with me. And I know I can be seen that way, even if by a cat. It's of great significance. Um, and it also gives me um, an entry point into seeing myself that way because I've already experienced it. I've received it. So now imagining what it would be like to see myself that way, well, I can go back there. I can go back there and feel what it felt like. I can feel the simplicity, the openness, the acceptance, the lack of evaluation of my accomplishments or my appearance or any of these things that might create an insecurity in my other human relationships. So that's a profound gift that I carry with me. And I think about self-love as something that's probably a combination of of forces. Self-love, some people might love themselves more easily because they came into this world wired in a certain way emotionally. They just have a more resilient, independent kind of emotional constitution. Um, And then on top of that, it seems like our environment teaches us whether or not we're worthy of love, our family, our friendships. I know that I, I feel incredibly blessed to have grown up in a family that was pretty emotionally stable. My parents had a stable, loving relationship that they're still in to this day. And they, they created a nurturing, stable, supportive environment. And I feel like that's one of the greatest blessings and privileges of my life. We often talk about privilege as a material thing in someone being privileged because they're born into wealth or they're born into a certain body, white, male, whatever it is. Um, And those are all forms of privilege, certainly, but I think the privilege of growing up into nurturance and, and emotional stability and warmth and kindness, whoo, now that is a privilege because we as humans need to feel loved. We need to feel supported and accepted. And if we don't, we'll, we, we will reach into strange places to try to fill the void, to fill the gap. And, you know, it seems almost wired into the human experience that most of us will have something that engenders some kind of gap, you know, that makes us a little insecure in love, you know? Like I said, I've been very blessed, but there's still parts of me to this very moment that feel insecure in love, and and I'm still learning about self-love and how to love myself strongly, absolutely, every day. And one of the ways that I continually learn about that is by experiencing love. And and when I'm in a rough place of self-loathing and shame, if there's nobody there to talk to, I do carry within me experiences of being loved that I can reflect on and draw from. 
I carry the memory of George and our beautiful, sacred relationship. I carry memories of family and friends and profound experiences of acceptance that I can draw from. And I was thinking recently about people who might feel that they've never been loved. They might feel like, you know, they'd never had a family. They might feel that they've never had an intimate relationship with someone who really saw them or accepted them, but that they've been in manipulative or harmful intimate relationships. And and that's actually why I, I reflected on, on my relationship with George, because I was like, well, I wonder if those people had a George in their lives. Another place I found a lot of solace and love as a teenager was nature, because I could walk into nature and it felt like I was enveloped. All of these living things were so beautiful and they didn't judge me. I knew they didn't judge me because they weren't human. They didn't have that kind of consciousness. And so for me, nature was another sanctuary where I could feel a sense of acceptance and love. And it still is. I spend time there every day because of that. And again, I wonder about the, the individuals who have, again, not a lot of reference points for good, solid, human-to-human love. I wonder if they have a George in their life. I wonder if they have experiences of being in nature. I wonder if they have experiences of a grandparent, of a teacher, of a co-worker who they maybe never even had deep conversations with, but they always felt like that person liked them for exactly who they are, as they are. They liked them even more so the more they saw of them. And, and for me, my experiences with nature with George, with friends, with strangers sometimes, um, with sometimes there's people I don't know that when I'm feeling down and I'm really not loving myself, I can imagine how their consciousness might see me. My personal example of this is Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, who seemed like such an incredibly, he was like an embodiment of acceptance, just this glistening light of acceptance and compassion. And so sometimes I'll imagine, how would he see me right now? How would, what would he say to me right now? In the same way that if I'm feeling really bad about myself, I could imagine, how would George see me right now? Or how would my friend Mike see me right now? How would dot, dot, dot? And by imagining how they would see me, I can start to build the muscle of seeing myself through such benevolent eyes. And that has been part of my development of self-love. And it's an ongoing process. And it's this beautiful thing where I learn it through relationships and experiences. I learn it through these beautiful moments or chapters or connections where I get to experience love. And it's like it fills up a tank in me so that I can go off and start doing it for myself and even more amazingly, doing it for others. Um, yeah, wow.
one of the greatest things, self-love. And it can be really hard sometimes, really, really, really hard. The voices of shame and insecurity and negativity can be so strong and so compelling. And you know, in myself, I feel like there's this voice of self-love and compassion that has gotten louder and clearer and stronger over the years. I'm so grateful for it because it feels like as I've focused on it, it's grown. And as I've moved towards the kind of relationships and connections that help foster it, it's grown. And at the same time, maybe because that feeling and that voice has grown, there's a, another voice of like deflation or self-loathing that's still, it's still there. And sometimes it feels pretty loud, maybe because there's such a contrast inside of me. And... And to be completely honest, even though that can feel like a real challenge and a struggle at times, sometimes it can feel like, not that often, but sometimes it can feel like I'm, I'm subsumed by that voice of negativity and self-doubt and self-criticism. I also recognize the beauty of it and how feeling that, that contrast within myself I think it makes me a more empathetic person. It makes me a more humble person. And it's also the fuel for a lot of creativity. I wrote a book, How to Open the Heart, that's a story that wouldn't and couldn't exist if I didn't have that complexity going on inside of me. And a lot of the art that I love the most in life and that has been the most inspiring and um, has provided the greatest lifelines to me uh, has been... I think, born out of people's sadness and pain. And it's like this, it's like, it's born out of someone doing something really beautiful, healthy, and sacred with their feelings, maybe of pain or sadness. So there is, uh, there's beauty and light, even in that contrast, or maybe especially in that contrast inside of me. I guess that's all to say that learning to love myself does not mean eliminating complex feelings it more so means opening my arms and accepting them and loving them anyhow i hope you enjoyed this uh just some thoughts that i wanted to share if you did like it you can give it a thumbs up you can leave a comment you can subscribe you can share it with somebody that you love um and if you're interested in my book how to open the heart you will find information about it in the description and until next time i hope that you have a beautiful day